So, hey, uh, hey, Garrett. Hey, Decoy. I have a question for you guys. <laughs> um, so let's, I want to, this, what got me interested in this question and what I thought of, uh, I was doing some research about this game that we're covering today. And there was a competitive scene that I was completely blindsided by and did not expect. So I'm curious for you guys, just maybe in general, or if there's anything in particular when you think of competitive board gaming, uh, like either what comes to mind or what its place is in the world, the social or board game industry world. If do you think designers are making games for the purposes of a competitive scene, if players just have that hunger or whatever, right? Just sort of in general, this this thing that's, that is competitive board gaming. All right. So I'm not sure when you, when you first posed this question a second ago, I wasn't sure what angle I was going to come at it Yeah. Uh, from. And I think when I think competitive board gaming, I think the, all the classical, classical games like chess that have world championships and how much, exposure those those games get so yeah, yeah there is a lot going on right now with competitive chess uh, i missed the chess uh episode but there is some drama yes to, to put it mildly <laughs> right now yep, uh, yep. About, there's some about drama. competitive chess yep and we so, talked about it um the listeners will remember uh about the whole and i mean by now it's you know late november potentially or december maybe even january at this point um for you listening to this or your way in the future, but either way, there's it's probably been resolved. But yeah, right now it's still kind of up in the air, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, quite new developments every yeah. every day, every week or so. Yeah. So that is what I think of when I think of competitive board games from uh, a standpoint of new games that are being made right now, being designed for competition. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel it. Maybe I'm not as plugged in as some other people, and I don't play the games that are especially competitive in fact yeah. i don't really play very many board games that i would term as being competitive right now in whatever manner that is whether it's in a tournament or whether it's just very cutthroat with your friends and you just desperately want to win at all costs i don't right. really play games like that anymore this is kind of a recent phenomenon ever mm -hmm. since i got my ass handed to me playing root <laughs> repeatedly over and over <laughs> I've kind of fallen out of love with competitive board games, and I that play, scene, yeah, yeah, I play board games more uh, cooperatively or non-competitively than uh, I used to. So yeah, so I, like with, for the social, yeah, for for parts, social maybe? interaction parts is, yeah. is what's more important to me right now. Not saying okay. I wouldn't get back into competitive gaming; I probably just need a break. But the 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 stuff that I'm into is not really competitive per se okay the thing i'd probably compare like the competitive board game scene to is probably the esports scene Ooh. and when you're making that comparison like it is very clear that the board game competitive scene is very much like grassroots like just people who really like it because i am yet to see a board game where the developer clearly is trying to market towards a competitive audience to like yeah. run competitions the way you will see a new video game come out. And it's so clearly structured around making money off the esports scene. Interesting. So yeah. I think like it's a lot as a result, it's 
like a lot more localized i think and less like i don't know if you're not talking about the big giants of competitiveness like chess or i think like all i know about competitive scrabble is that you have to memorize like every two and three letter word right in the world in order Which to is... start being good at it <laughs> right it's just so talk about a uh difficult uh, entry point right and we talked about the entry point uh of chess on the chess episode and i think part of the weight discussion we're going to have later we'll have that in mind but yeah i mean if you're looking to get competitive oh don't worry just memorize the entire dictionary and then you'll be fine <laughs> specifically the scrabble dictionary well true I do think the one thing that I really appreciate about the idea of like a competitive board game scene over a competitive video game scene is that the like mechanical barrier to entry is not there. Like if you're not like going pro in a video game by the time you're like 21, then you have missed your window right. just because you'll never have that reaction speed. But turn-based things just give you it's a lot more about like mental understanding of what you're supposed to do than physically being able to move wooden pieces around yeah that entices me way more if i was if i was 10 years younger and i was thinking about it as i am now in age uh, i would probably every time lean into way uh, some board game that was that i was interested in or loved even and the competitive version of that than to try and master some video game thing. Cause I feel like it's just like you said, Garrett, just then it's the mental fortitude that comes with something like a chess, you know, grandmaster or a Scrabble grandmaster, if that's even the word that they use, as opposed to, you know, I play call of duty professionally or whatever the game is now. Like, I don't know. Just for me as a human, I'm way more interested in the, in the former as opposed to the latter. Yeah. It's definitely a barrier to entry, but it's a different one, and it's one that's a lot easier to approach. Yeah, it's just so funny to think about uh, my experience with this game is in no way related at all to I challenge that word and how, like the sort of competitive uh, just world in general. Like I'm not playing Scrabble to compete. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually played Scrabble to compete, and it's like I'm I'm sure many people's memories of this game. Uh, are similar. Like, I don't, I think when you think of comp competition and board games, you think of chess, maybe of the games we've talked about so far. And we had a pretty big Catan um, competitive tournament scene that we mentioned that exists. Other than that, I mean, there's a checkers one that we mentioned, but you know, all of those games, I mean, this, I don't know, Scrabble just isn't that. The Scrabble is just so different. It just feels like it doesn't really belong in that conversation for some reason. And maybe it's just because I've never thought of it that way. I don't know. It's an interesting game because you can play it both competitively and non-competitively. Most people play it non-competitively. Right, right. In a very friendly way, as in not yeah. even trying to win necessarily, but just trying to make interesting words and see yeah. who can set up for the highest score even if you're helping your opponents do that as well and that is absolutely not how you play the game if right yeah similar to that trivial pursuit setting. idea right yeah. like you were mentioning yeah. in that episode right decoy it's like let's just see if we can figure out the answer uh and just you know all play cooperatively sort of maybe you're not looking at their tiles but you know yeah yeah so if if i'm thinking about all the times that i've played scrabble most of the time it's been 
let's have a, a friendly game. You can, you just ask people, is this a word or how do you spell this word? Mm-hmm. Does verified have <laughs> two I's and two E's in it? Mm-hmm. And you're not doing that in competitive uh, Scrabble. Right. You, uh, the, the rules you play by are different. The actual rules in the rule book say you have a challenge and that is a strategic thing you can do. You can try to s- squeeze in words that are not spelled correctly, that are kind of esoteric mm-hmm. and maybe you get it through or maybe you get challenged and you lose a turn. I think that's what happens. But I never play yeah. like that. We, we have right. a dictionary for reference or whatever phone application we're using, browser, and right. we, just, we just cooperatively play the game. Yeah, I've only really played competitive Scrabble a couple times against one of my former roommates who Ooh. was better than me at everything. Pick <laughs> any game, anything. He would beat me oh, every no. single time, just about. He beat me in chess. He beat me in checkers. He beat me in dominoes. He would beat me in like Dota. He beat me right. in other car games. He beat me in Scrabble. And he was just better than me at everything. Yeah. Uh, that was a competitive-ish uh, game. And that was not great. We played it competitively. And he just had a lot of gamer experience and also Scrabble experience. Sure, talking a lot sure. about how to play the game competitively. And then I've never played it competitively with anybody else ever again. Because <laughs> that, guy, that guy turned me off to, turned me off to the experience. So, yeah, and that, that might be part of what this discussion even is in general like maybe the competitive board game scene is specifically designed to not be intriguing to everyone because i mean there's not a lot of people who i know uh in real life who are like i want to play some game and i want to like dive in really deep and etc right usually it's just like oh let's play a board game this will be fun like nobody's really ever thinking of it in that same way and if they are, it's like it's huge deep end, like, you know, like you were just describing, right? Like chess and they're good at everything and they want to go pro and they want to track their rating and they want to make money and enter tournaments. And those are just so very different polarized versions of how to interact with a board game. It's just fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Garrett, is your, is your brother also, you mentioned him before, is he the one who's, so in, in y'all's relationship, is he the one who wins every time or is it oh, you? Oh, no. I- <laughs> I usually win, at least historically. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Hello, welcome. Uh, it's Scrabble this week. This is Getting Gamey, a podcast about board games. I'm Mark, and uh, with me today, two very special guests. Uh, one co-host slash guest and another co-host slash guest. We have Garrett, and we have Decoy. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? And Garrett is excited uh, to find out how the ranking has been, uh, because he has no idea how we've ranked any of these games. And one thing that Decoy and I find fun every week when we have a new guest is to hear their draw reaction to how we've ranked some things. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm curious about this. <laughs> so uh, you have that to look forward to later. Um, you've heard us talking about it a little bit already. This game uh, today we're covering is Scrabble. Uh, Scrabble's an interesting one for me personally. Um, before we get into all of the sort of complexities of it and that kind of stuff, um, let's talk about this game just sort of in general. 
BGG puts this playtime at about 90 minutes. Uh, so relatively quick, I would argue, in terms of some of the heavier board games uh, that exist. But in the other games we've covered so far, I think probably only chess. Yeah, I think probably only chess and maybe risk uh, are the two that maybe take the longest. I don't know. Catan, oh, man. My experience with Catan is just so much different than everyone else's. Um, but anyway, so those three, I'd say, are, are maybe a little bit longer. But this one, a little on the longer side, despite its simplicity. Um, and if you've played it before, you probably know why. Um, there is a 15 by 15 grid of squares. And uh, not all squares are created equally. And basically, you're just, you know, making words and putting them on the board and scoring the points for them. Um, it's two to four players, and we talked about tournament style a little bit and competitive gameplay a little bit. Uh, I'm interested, because, uh, Garrett, you said you had tried out the, the competitive style. Um, is it, because uh, it says two to four players, so if it's four players, is that competitive game uh, two sets of two, or is it one, oh, I... like four players everybody, uh, for themselves? You know what I mean? I have no idea there. I, I was not playing competitively at all. I was just like, I was like a nine-year-old kid playing. Oh, oh. Like, being very bad. <laughs> so that one time that Garrett went into that tournament, right? We're going to hear about his tournament game. No, mm -hmm. Yeah, my tournament Scrabble experience. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so about 90-minute play time. Uh, it's two to four players in terms of range. And it's about 10 and up uh, is what the box says. 10 feels a little bit young to me, but my vocabulary wasn't massive as a 10-year-old. I don't so I was trying to remember when I was thinking about this uh, this game and this for this episode. I was trying to remember the last time, not the last time. I was trying to remember the first time that I played Scrabble and I feel like I was uh, I mean I was older than 10, I know that. I feel like I was kind of on up into maybe even high school age before I started playing this one. Uh, do you guys remember? Do you think 10 is too young? Or do you think, because you said you were playing not, uh, when you were nine, Garrett, so I feel like no for I you. I mean, I, th I think that maybe, yeah, it was too young for me to be playing Scrabble. I think I might have enjoyed it more if I got introduced to it later. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I started playing Scrabble really early, and it probably wasn't regulation exactly rules following Scrabble. It right, yeah. It might have been more introducing me to how the game works and let's let's see what let, like throw some tiles out onto the table and see what interesting words we could put together totally roughly roughly the rules and i think i was pretty young for that i want to say i was about eight or nine and yes. i had a good time it was oh nice a, okay it was a vocabulary builder i didn't know what right. that meant at the time but it was helpful <laughs> to learn words in retrospect probably yeah, interesting that you said that this game is uh said 10 and up Yep, 10 and up. So I pulled out, I have an old beat-up copy of Scrabble over here. This is another story entirely, but I have a ton of very, very old board games, including my Trivial Pursuit copy. And right. this one's from 1989. Nice. And it's cracked, falling apart. I think it has most of the pieces. Uh, <laughs> on the box, it says ages 8 to adult. Ooh, that's fascinating. I wonder yeah. when they decided. So there was, uh, when in the history of this game, we talk about a little bit later. There's been, I want to say, four or five, I have to scroll down to my notes here to see, uh, modifications and like re, oh, reworkings of the rule sets and versions. stuff. Yeah, so there might be that, depending on what year you bought it, uh, they changed some of the rules and stuff for, like, did you get in the rule box and the rule book? Um, so there's a chance that, I think 99 was the most recent one, the way they updated stuff. Uh, so like this, 
my my Scrabble board is not in the room I'm in right now, but the the BGG Scrabble uh, page has it at ten and up, which is interesting uh, because eight and up. I mean, eight to ten. I don't know. Eight to ten isn't really that big of a gap, maybe, but it still feels too young either way. I feel like teen, like maybe it's just because my vocab was low when I was that age. Maybe I needed to play Scrabble when I was younger, guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe we needed to pull out that trivial pursuit so you learn learn the history of. Uh history of whatever or shakespeare or something when you were when you were eight years old totally helped out that vocabulary <laughs> a little bit so hey uh what comes in the box uh you may be wondering this game is pretty simple so you get a board it's a 15 by 15 grid uh, and in that grid the tiles are either blank or they have little bonus point squares there's different versions of that but that's basically what you see on the board and then there's about 100 or so maybe less uh square like nice wooden tiles and little wooden uh, like things that you can lay those tiles in, so they're slanting towards you. And gameplay is pretty simple. So no matter how many players you have, everybody draws seven of those tiles, and obviously each tile has a letter of the alphabet associated with it. Uh, there's way more tiles than there are letters in the alphabet, so there's clearly some duplicates. Uh, and then you know you get your seven tiles, and then play is just playing those tiles on the board once per turn around the board to make words. And different tiles have different point values. Uh, so like, for example, the more frequent letters, like for example, the S is only worth one point because S is a, a letter that is in a lot of words and there's a lot of S's. I think there's actually not that many S's, but it's just in a lot of words. Uh, but like the Y, for example, is four points and the Q uh, a whopping 10, right? So uh, not all letters and not all tiles on the board are created equally. And that's perhaps uh, the main way that some of this complexity and some of that competitive crunchiness comes in because uh, unless you're playing it for fun, like we mentioned, and you're just trying to make the, the coolest words or whatever, um, you know, most of the time you want those like the X and the Z and the J and the Q and stuff. You want those words that are those letters that are fat and juicy in terms of point value as opposed to your opponents. So, yeah. Um, and on your turn, you have three options. So, you know, you have your seven tiles, you're taking a look, you can either pass uh, which is like, hey, I don't have anything to play, or I can't play a legitimate word. Um, you can't pass on the first turn, though. Like, whoever's going first, you can't pass that. Uh, or you can redraw and, like, refresh your tiles. So if you have letters you don't want, or you, you, know, you have no vowels, or you have all vowels or whatever, and you want to mix it up and try and redraw and get that RNG back into it, you can do that. And then, therefore, you pass your turn. Or you can play at least one tile to the board uh, that's connecting to another word and making a new word. And you score based on the number of like tiles that you play. So if you play you know, five letters and they all are worth one point, then you score five points, you write it down, and then you pass around and you draw more tiles, and there we go. Um, in terms of game design, relatively simple, uh, despite its complexity rating, which we'll get to later. Um, do you guys remember when you were playing having any variation rules or anything other than the traditional game style? Because there's one that I used to play all the time, and I'm curious. It's not an official variation. It's just one that I liked to do. Is there one that you guys had, or was it always just standard Scrabble? I think I played mostly standard Scrabble with either an open dictionary or not using a dictionary and just doing our best. Yeah, I don't think we played any specific variations aside from that, okay. as far as I can remember. Yeah, Gary, how about you? Um, well, anytime I played like the physical board game of Scrabble, I'm pretty sure we just played standard rules. 
but most of my experience has been on like the words with friends app i was about to say not quite scrabble um, right because you know it tells you how good of a word you have and let you play incorrect words right um and i think the board is smaller too i think i think it is yeah i think it is slightly simpler so that's been the majority of my experience was this filtered app version of it yeah i think that that i forget when that was popular but when that came out it like most of the people that i knew who had a smartphone were playing that with like tons of that so yeah so i played this version i'm interested to see how you guys feel about this uh this was my little uh made up variant you ready so it's like we'll call it like scrubble or something okay (laughs) so so, uh everything about what i just said so you can play this if you have a scrabble board right so if you're interested after you hear this then go for it you can call it scrubble um or scribble anything that's all those letters but a different vowel so you have your seven letters, you have the board, you have to play connected to the tiles that are out. Oh, and uh, I didn't mention before, but you do have to play in the same direction. So, right, if there's a horizontal and vertical, you can't play diagonal words um, on this grid, right? So if you have a vertical word and you're trying to play off of one of those letters and make a new word and you're using, like, uh, that new word is gonna be read horizontally, left or right, you can only place tiles uh, horizontally in that direction to make that word. You can't place, like, tiles just willy-nilly to make you know you can't place an s down here and an a up there and a z over here to make like seven whole new words are all around the map like you have to stay with your specific line that you're playing on yep so all so all that is still the the same um and you have to play words that aren't real words so if it exists it's, it's not allowed you know how like proper names and stuff aren't allowed in like regular scrabble so in this one it's like you can't play anything that's an actual word you have to make it up and there is a person who's not playing, right? So it could be like a uninterested parent who's just like, or a babysitter who doesn't want to play, but like is around, you know, something like that, right? Uh, so let's say that's us three playing right now. So I play a word, I make it up, I lay it down. And then as a part of my play, in order for me to get the points for that word, I have to pronounce it in a way that is acceptable to everyone, including myself. And I have to give it a definition. And then we go around in turn order. So if let's say decoy was next, so then decoy has to then do my pronunciation, pronounce it the way I did. And then he makes up his own definition. And then Garrett does the same thing. And then the other person decides which definition is the either funniest or best. And then that person gets the points. Not even me, if it's even though it's my word. And then we keep going around until all the tiles are done. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I definitely am more interested in that version than I ever was in actual Scrabble. It was so, 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 so much fun. It's especially fun also, like I could, because one thing we always talk about with this, with this show in general, uh, as well as the different games we cover and stuff is whether or not this game now is worth playing uh, and where you would see it played. And for me, that version is something that I would definitely play uh, like at a bar or at like a like a a gathering with some of my old like buddies and we had a few drinks and we were like all right let's make up some words you know that kind of vibe is so i can ah the memories go back it's so good (laughs) highly recommend yeah that sounds incredible (laughs) this is on the same level as uh subjective guess subjective guess who yeah yeah Yeah, this is is gonna be similar ideas yeah so many uh so many ideas for future podcasts take yeah, take so a that, take a game that you have and make up the strangest rules for it that are better yep. than the original game 
this, and this then, is up there and then pitch it yeah it's yeah i mean it was so if you the next time you're if you're thinking about scramble so what's happened to me and a couple of our, our guests each week as we've covered these is we've sort of been like you know what i kind of want to play this now that i've been talking about it and stuff so if you guys have an itch to play scrabble uh, and you have the right group for it, which it does require the the right group. And you probably know what I mean when I say that. Uh, listeners probably do too. Um, if you have the right group that's going to have the right vibe and kind of lean into it pretty well and, uh, you know, it's going to be like fun and stuff. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a hoot. It's definitely worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, I think it solves my biggest issue with Scrabble, which is the the game being around the seven letters that you have in front of you. And it doesn't matter how many cool words you know if you don't have the seven letters to make them. But this yeah. version definitely puts more of the game on the defining of whatever word you can come up with. Yeah. So I'm less frustrated when I would be stuck with terrible tiles. Yeah, and to get back to that, uh, to the real Scrabble game, um, that frustration is definitely something I experienced myself uh, pretty much every time I've played Scrabble. Um, and... Uh, Decoy, I know you mentioned this before too, so I don't want to I don't want to step on your idea here. I could maybe just lob this softball to you, um, but I don't think that I've ever played a game before uh, that's made me feel as dumb as Scrabble <laughs> in my right. life. Yeah, so <laughs> so I think that game for me is Trivial Pursuit. Probably yeah. When I was okay. Yeah. Game. Yeah. That's that's maybe second, but I've played more Scrabble, so I think that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. There, there's mm -hmm. a funny thing that can happen here, especially when you're playing with people who don't necessarily have as much education or don't have as much command of the English language. Mm -hmm. That Scrabble is just a, a non-starter. So in in our family, I would play Scrabble with my mom, I'm only child, no siblings. So mm -hmm. we'd play Scrabble together but we'd never play Scrabble with my dad because he learned English as a second language. Okay. And he just, we tried once and it just didn't work. Right. He, he yeah, this would could not, be not game for that. Yeah. No. He could not play that game. Wasn't having any fun. So even if people are really, really smart, if there, there's a language barrier, then, then you're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, totally. It can also just make people feel kind of dumb. Like there's people who are putting down these great words, making lots of points and You've got and right there, <laughs> right. or uh, uh, you, you get you get like find wonderful, excellent, right? Uh, right. You can't you can't get a whole lot of points or, or win the game doing that. Yeah, it's like oh man, I just played a seven point like word. Okay, cool. And then the next player is like, all right, here's seventy points, and you're like, God damn, like. <laughs> What am I like? Is it is it me? Is it the game? Like, what? There's something going on here, but you know, yeah, it's it's definitely strange that when you're like, I played the word poop, and then somebody else played like, I don't know, opioid, and you're like, oh, I could have played that. Dang, I didn't think of that because you know, I didn't see that I that I could have used to make that word or whatever. Yeah, it's it's definitely strange. I get like about three or four like five letter words and then i am reduced to three letter words for the rest of the game it feels like <laughs> yeah it does feel like that for me too <laughs> yeah common occurrence just just playing with my last time i played this competitively playing with my roommate uh, in college that was a bad time because he just had <laughs> much better vocabulary than me right even though it's an interesting story shout out ryan uh, i know you're out there stop kicking my ass at scrabble <laughs> or anything else we're doing um, I don't want to say that I was smarter than him because I wasn't. 
We're just right. smart in different ways. But he just had so much more command of the English language, shockingly, right. because you wouldn't, maybe you might not know it by talking to us, but mm. he had the exact right stuff for being able to play Scrabble, and I did not. Yeah, I had that... terrible, terrible memory and terrible recall. Mm. So oftentimes I will be looking for a word, and I just can't find it. I know it's there. It's in my memory. Right. If someone said it to me, I know what it means. Mm. But the recall is not there, and it takes me forever. So yeah. Whatever it is that he did to practice Scrabble, probably just playing lots of Scrabble and reading, it, he's right. just so much better than the other game. That made me feel dumb. Yeah, this, this game brings that out. Scrabble. Yeah, yeah. I was, we were, I was about to say we should talk about some of the maybe skills and like strategies that this game has. Garrett, do you have any in mind that uh, you were thinking? Um, not Besides the memorization of all of the words of yeah. the English language? <laughs> Well, memorize every two and three letter word, and right. then you can start seriously playing Scrabble. Yeah. My, so to give you kind of an idea of how my strategy of it goes, um, I try to not go first because I don't want to make uh, the first word because usually that's a low point score because you have to, so there's a middle tile that has a star on it, and you have to have your first word. Uh, one of the tiles of that word, if you're going first, has to be that square. And the way the board is laid out, there are no... Remember, we mentioned that there's bonus uh, point value uh, squares. So if you play a tile in one of those, then you get what it is. It's like double word score, triple word score, triple letter, whatever. Um, so, you know, if you play a word like, I don't know, um, just, that has a J. So let's say you play just uh, on the double letter, boom, now you're, you're eight counts 16. So like there's some ways that you can kind of do that to boost your score. But the way the board's laid out, none of those bonus tiles are uh, accessible on the first move. Uh, and then once you play your word, then all of a sudden the next people can immediately start using the bonus tiles, which for me is always my strategy is like, if I have access to bonus tiles, I will take a look at every single possible uh, like letter that would lead me to a bonus tile. And then I would look at my letters and say, can I make something that would have me placing one of my highest point things on that square or whatever. Um, and usually that for the most part is, has been enough for me to feel like I'm doing well. Uh, I'm clearly not, you know, scoring eight, 900 points or whatever in a game or dropping like 90 point words. Right. But you know, it's nice sometimes to be like, Hey, that's a 35 point score. Like that, you know, I don't feel as stupid anymore as my 7.1 from three turns ago. Um, so yeah yeah so the, the way I, I conceptualize that in a little nutshell is you want to be maximizing the amount of times that you can place words on double and triple word scores or letters and mm -hmm. minimizing the amount of times your opponent could do that right. and there's ways of building the board out to do that so not including a direct line to a double word score or building right. short words or just making making the board a little bit more awkward in whatever way you can placing down one letter that makes two words things like right. that to force your opponent to open up the board instead yeah yeah i was about to say yeah yep. uh, what garrett mentioned before like memorize the two and three letter words um at first that might sound counterintuitive because it does to me because i'm like wait i want to play like a seven or six letter word because like look how smart i am and this game is like no 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 you're trying to score points you're not trying to like be as the smartest person at the table or the person with the biggest vocabulary you can play like a word that everyone knows that's stupid, but if you play it in the right spot uh, and also connect it to other words that make cool words that are also worth a lot of points, that's how you win. Not because like I knew the most vocab, it's not a spelling bee or a 
you know, de define the term quiz, right? Yeah. yeah. Although that certainly doesn't hurt. There's, right. Yeah, there's, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. There's always the story of the guy who won a French Scrabble tournament and he just memorized the French dictionary and didn't speak French. But Whoa. he was good enough at the game and knew all the words and that was good enough to win him a tournament. Whoa. Yeah, I definitely believe that you could win a Scrabble competition in any language by just memorizing all the words that matter. And, and that leads me to a very interesting question, which is, do you guys think that there is anything actually good about this board game's design? If you can beat everyone at the game by not even having to play the game to beat them. Like, if I can beat you in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish, doesn't maybe that means that this is bad? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure that that guy would have won the tournament if he didn't know how to play Scrabble. Okay. Didn't yeah. know strategically how to play Scrabble. Just because you know all the words doesn't necessarily mean you know what to do with that information. I don't mm -hmm. know the details behind uh, what, whether that guy was good at Scrabble or bad at Scrabble, just that he didn't actually speak the language that he played in one. So right. I don't think you can necessarily always win based on knowledge. I think you need to know how to play the game too. Gotcha, yeah. I, I know that I, I don't know that I've ever won a game of Scrabble in my life, actually, as I'm thinking about it. So oh, no. Oh, no. I, I don't have a whole lot of love for this game, but I do struggle to say that it's like bad game design because there's clearly something to it if people who know what they're doing can beat me at it every time. Um, uh, like I, yeah. One thing that I, um, to slightly go back to the strategies, one thing that I never observed about my own end game boards, but that I definitely observed about like seeing my grandparents playing or my mom playing was just how much more compact the board is. If you know what you're doing, Ooh. you can just make it be like ladders. Cause I would always just be trying to play a good word and open up the whole board and right. let my opponent score off of all of those bonuses. So there is like clearly some depth of strategy too not just the words you're playing, but where you're playing them and which letters you're using up and the like. Cause doesn't, um, there's a set number of every letter in the bag. So yeah, it's like eight, uh, 12 or some, right. I feel like that's gotta allow you to do something to know how many more E's there are left in the bag or something like that. Yeah. Kind of like how you're counting ambushes or teapots or whatever in route, right? Like you're like, yeah. oh, okay, my chance of drawing this off the top of this deck right now, based on how many I've seen and what I have in my hand is, you know, 30% or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And going all the way down the line, if you haven't seen a couple very high value letters and the game is nearing the end, it can be strategically advantageous to you to play a smaller word so you don't end up drawing the Q and the X on your last turn because the bag is so thin. Uh, yeah, because be those to... are hard to use at the end game versus yes. the beginning, right? <laughs> or you might be able to see spots where you can use them. So th there definitely is strategy uh, mm -hmm. that does impact, impact game outcome here. Yeah. It just is only a portion of this. If you don't know the words, that seems to be mostly the most important thing not that yeah necessarily strategy is not important but words are words are number one importance and maybe number two and number three and then strategy is also in there you also need that right yeah it seems weird that like a board game that has a sort of 
pretty active, I would say, competitive scene. Um, like, it's not just how good can I be at the game and what the game provides in terms of player interaction and stuff. It's how good can I be at the game? Oh, and also how good is my vocabulary? Like, it's such, like the fact that it has that other thing that just has no relation to the game at all is, I guess, what's kind of bringing me uh, some more abrasion with it as opposed to something like chess where, you know, you can know, you don't even have to be able to speak. You don't even, the players don't even speak to each other, right? Like you don't need to know anything. You just need to know the perfect information that you see in front of you, right? And that's it, which is a lot more of a competitive, I guess, vibe for games. Uh, if you look at it now, like in the big picture, um, at least then that's how I've always sort of thought of it too. That's why I guess why I was so, so surprised that Scrabble had such a good competitive, you know, scene about it. Yeah, that's it's, interesting how many games have we talked about that you can play without actually needing to speak to your opponent? Uh, speaking oh boy. Is, is all the way down. And yeah. So uh, star checkers, you don't have to speak at all. Same with regular checkers. Same with chess. Catan, you have to speak to trade risk. Same thing, but you're not trading. Um, guess who? Clearly. Uh, actually, you don't have to speak in Kerplunk. You can just pull them, pull the pull the spaghetti strings and watch the marbles fall. Uh, yeah. Battleship and Monopoly, you have to speak because you have to pay stuff and make, you know, trades and that kind of thing. So I guess just those three. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so, hey, let's, let me ask you guys this. So the weight of this game, um, we talk about weight and complexity and all that stuff. And we do that every week. Uh, and Garrett, we haven't heard your sort of take on board game complexity. And, and in general, it's one thing I always like to do when a new guest has arrived is just sort of get their uh, unedited version of like what they sort of view as a board game's complexity or as like weight, because it's something that everyone seems to sort of have an idea about. And there's so many different ideas about it and things that go into it. Um, so maybe that can be part of also um, what you have to say here, but for this game, uh, this game's weight is a 2.08. Uh, and I always like to compare these to other ones we've covered so far, just to give our listeners and also you guys uh, just some like reminders. So Risk is the closest one to this one that we've covered at a 2.07. So uh, if you care about math, it's only uh, one one hundredth more complex <laughs> than Risk is. Um, Catan is a 2.31 to give you a baseline for the top. Uh, we covered chess also. That's a 3.68, so a big jump. Um, right below this one uh, is going to be Chinese checkers or star checkers at a 1.61. Checkers, uh, the regular game, at a 1.74. So it's kind of in between, I would say, like checkers and Catan. And risk is basically right next to it. It's like almost the same number. Um, I always like to start first just with if you agree that it's kind of where it is. Do you agree with that 2.08 thing's too high, too low? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I I don't know how to I don't know how to how to rate rate games that are knowledge based. So So to give you another so Trivial Pursuit, that's another one that's knowledge based, right? That one yeah. was a one point six four, just to give you some context, since that's where you're going with it. Yeah. So, is this more complicated, or does this have a higher, higher uh, complexity rating, whatever we're we're using than right. than uh, Trio Pursuit? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds mm -hmm. right. You can still fit most of Scrabble's rules in 
like their manuals aren't crazy thick, are they? No, no, not too even, bad. Even tournament rules can't be that bad. Let me pull out my I got my copyright. Yeah, it's got, got it's not gonna be I mean it's not gonna be some thirty page document, right? That's gonna yeah. have like sub subcategories of rules and addendums and all this stuff. It's pretty straightforward. This um, is I mean, a... we covered all the rules already kind of just talking about it. So So the the Scrabble rule book I have is fifteen pages and mm-hmm. uh, these are half like half of a standard piece of paper or a little bit less, looks like. So mm-hmm. not not very many rules at all. A lot so of this is just, maybe uh, that's part of why it's at a two points. I mean, Risk has way more rules than this. Just to give you yeah, like I'm Risk's rule set is huge. I'm surprised that Risk is not regarded as more complex than Scrabble. Although I guess Risk doesn't really have all that much going on either. Compared to Scrabble, though, I, I think Scrabble. Yeah. Like I would play Scrabble over Risk in a heartbeat. Scrabble's much better as okay. far as its design goes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. This. So, like, for me personally, uh, and maybe it's, like, frustration and, like, feeling stupid and whatever, that's not part of weight, for sure. Um, but just to sort of compare this to another game that people find frustrating, which is Monopoly, that game is a 1.6. Uh, what I find frustrating about Monopoly, though, isn't, like, my own uh, tile drawing, like Garrett mentioned, or even just my word base that I have in front of me, but something that the game has sort of the game design has caused me to be frustrated with it. And that might be part of its ranked like number on our list or whatever. Um, this one though, like the fact that I'm like, might get frustrated playing this game doesn't mean that it's weighted more or less. I don't think, but sometimes like weight, sometimes when people look at weight, I feel like they're looking at it and saying, could I, like, should I get this for someone that I know likes board games? Let's see how complex it is. What does the weight say? Oh, it's rate, it's rated as medium light uh, and it's very close to light. So that must mean that it's pretty easy to learn and pretty easy to play. Maybe it's even like fun because like, for example, guess who 1.11, that's only one point behind it, but that game's kind of just designed for fun, right? Or battleship or whatever. Um, but I feel like this game isn't going to uphold that promise, at least for me personally, in the way that, that ranking seems to suggest that it will, which is, I think, why it's probably rated a little too low. Yeah, weight is a weird ranking. I definitely have more experience of getting a sense of games on the higher end of weight than the lower end, because I pretty quickly discovered that Wingspan was the lightest as far as games go that I was really interested in delving into, and so I definitely look at weight and i'm looking for a game to be more complicated and maybe take a little bit longer to yeah. learn given the promise of greater depth but then i mean you have something like go that is extraordinarily simple i don't know what its weight is i should look that up yeah we but should. the rules there are really simple but the depth there is far larger than oh yeah go is a 3.94 so that's fair beast Never yeah it's, it's it's higher than chess for yeah example of <laughs> right. easy the, the physical mechanic is easy, but there's too much. It's just the complexity rabbit hole is huge, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the, maybe the, we could talk about weight for this one is the complexity rabbit hole. Uh, the decision tree and stuff that we've talked about in our perfect information games. Is that possible or very high in this game? I feel like it's almost impossible to say it's... Well, maybe it's not impossible to say it's not. But I mean, 
seven letters plus what you see on the board yields ton like so many different variations of words you can make. It's almost like, I don't know, the strategy of it and the complexity of that, I feel like is a lot higher than some of the games that uh, it's below, at least for me. So what is this, what is this higher than or lower so, than that we've covered? So yeah, yeah. So right. So so far we've got Monopoly one point six. So this is higher than that. Are you do I do you want the ones that are it's lower than? Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I wanted the ones that are that are higher than this. Okay, so, so it's chess. So Catan two point three one. That's higher. Uh, then you got Risk, which is basically the exact same number. And then you got Chess three point six eight. That's it. All right. We've only covered three that are above one. Like they're in the twos or above. So, so, so I would think that all three. I think that at least on that end, this seems about right. It, it's hard for me to to conceptualize a decision tree that's so open as Scrabble's is. Yeah. So yeah. there, there's if we're going to talk about the different combinations of of letters that you can put together on any given turn, it's a lot. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's complicated though if you just like arrangements of letters is mm -hmm. an extremely high number. But when you talk about language, you can kind of group things together and the, like the decision tree to make actual words. If we're not playing that variant and right. we're not trying right, right, to make right. not real words, <laughs> then, then it's closer to, to huge. But if you're actually trying to make real words, there's actually, I don't think that many combinations as you might imagine. I'm, I'm just trying to think, think back to actually playing scrabble looking at my board and saying right i could really only do two or three things here maybe four things it's, and that's not that many it's like uh, let me do the math really quick see which one gives me the, the best score or that eliminates tiles from other players and then make your decision and then move on yeah yeah it's definitely something you're doing more on like a turn by turn basis than yeah. chess where you're trying to like if i move here then they'll move there and you're trying to plan out as many turns as you can because you're never really going to know what your opponent has tile-wise in Scrabble unless you have a crazy good read on what they're trying to do. Yeah, and if you've like memorized the tile numbers and what's been played and probability and stuff, if you can do all of that, then maybe you can, but that's pretty big brain. I feel like a person that was playing it like that would probably be hungry for a more challenging game <laughs> than this. <Yeah. laughs> or maybe they're just like word games. Yeah, yeah that's is, true. Uh, yeah. Is, there, is there a word game that is more complicated than Scrabble? Probably, uh, I used to play one that was called Upwards. It was basically just Scrabble variation game. It wasn't really anything different. The only thing that was uh, is that there were way more tiles and you could play new words or you could play a tile on top of another tile to make a new word from the word that was there, but it had to make new words. Like the words that it made, if you played it like that, had to all be words. Um, so you could like play stuff on top of other stuff, which uh, is... I think a lot more complicated because you have to deal with the words you're playing and also deal with the future like word that that's going to make and how good it's play off of. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It seems like it's just adding more rules to Scrabble. Yeah. It's like, let's try and make a new game, but it's kind of tough though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scrabble might've figured it out as far as word games go. Yeah. That's yeah. It's pretty good. And speaking of um, Scrabble, figuring it out, uh, let's talk about the history of this game just briefly. And then we'll get into, uh, uh, Garrett's raw take on our uh, list that we've ranked these in. Um, so this game is pretty old. It's not the oldest we've covered by any stretch, but it is 
uh, about as old as Monopoly. Um, it first was designed and came out in 1938 uh, based off of another game called Lexico by the same guy, Alfred Butts. Uh, and then about 10 years later, uh, the rights to like mass produce and manufacture the game uh, were bought and it was off to the races. Um, and as we've mentioned, uh, there's probably been four or five like decent rule change uh, modification type edits to the game. But pretty much what was there in 1976, which was the, the second to last one, uh, is what you get now. So if your game that you have in your uh, old board game closet, if it's your grandparents, there's a chance that that game's rule set is not correct uh, if it's pre-1976 anyway. So like Decoy, yours, you said it was from the 80s, right? Um, but yeah. it's pre-90s, so there's a pretty good chance uh, that that pre-90s version uh, is still pretty close to what you'll see today. Maybe like some of the tournament rules or like the specific like when to challenge the that that's not a word and you look it up together, like that kind of stuff is probably a little bit different and more nuanced or whatever. Um, but the, the bare bones of this thing haven't really changed much, uh, really since like, even the first version uh, iteration of it back in the thirties. Yeah. My, my board game copy froze from 1989. I think I'm going off of the, it has copyrights on here at the bottom, bottom yeah, back yeah. page. And it's got all the copyrights from 1948, 49, all the way up to 1989. So I'm assuming nice. this was, uh, this is printed and released in 89, 90, on yeah. something in there. Nice. Yeah, and this, um, and Gary, this can maybe can be somewhere how you start um, for this one. Uh, Legacy is something that we always are going to end up talking about with these games, especially the newer ones, because um, it's hard to know if a new game's legacy is going to be, it's kind of like more forward thinking. So, uh, Gary, you just, because I'm, I'm interested in your uh, take first, is because you just mentioned that you think Scrabble got it right, <laughs> maybe like off the gate, and there's not really any other way to do it. Um, so, like, legacy i guess in general for me anyway sort of has the implication that something like this uh is either master of its field or it spawned something new and innovative that then future designers took and ran with and like honed and tweaked and now have made into something but like it was the first iteration of that thing uh and therefore it's kind of like you know uh monumental and transformative and that kind of thing um, and if that's the case, I feel like this game's legacy kind of falls a little short because I don't know that there's been any other thing that's it's created, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I think it would. they would really struggle to make a follow-on to Scrabble because I think for the people who like Scrabble, they like it's just very basic simplicity, I think. Right, right. From what I understand. Because, like, like, I would put Scrabble up there with, like, chess and go quite easily as like these old games that have been around for a while i assume scrabble had been around for a lot longer honestly oh yeah um but just as like mostly a mass market game is i think part of it because like everybody's had scrabble for a while and so most people know how to play it or have right. interact with it to some degree yeah this is definitely someone game. needs yeah. to come along and really revamp the idea of just a very word-based game and see what they can do with it because scrabble just has had such control for so long <laughs> yeah it's been uh king of the castle for many 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 years <laughs> uh decoy because you you've mentioned before decoy that like it's age and it's uh how old it is you know 
I, mean, I feel like you're more in tune with its age being more important than I am just on a personal level. Um, do you think that the fact that it was like, you know, pre-World War II, do you think that gives it any, any credit when we get into ranking this bad boy against these other games? Or do you feel like no? Um, it really, to me, depends on the game. So for something like Monopoly, which we've talked about, that game mm-hmm. is about as old as this. And right. I don't actually give that game a whole lot of credit uh, mm-hmm. for what it is uh, and when it was made because it has not particularly held up too well it it did its thing when it was released as a critique on capitalism and then got kind of pulled and twisted into something else and being a casual board game right Uh, scrabble i would give more credit because it's still very 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 playable now you can still pull this out people like us grew up playing scrabble just mm-hmm. like people may have, I'm not sure how many copies this sold right when it was released, but this is this is maybe the same experience that my parents had. They mm-hmm. might have, uh, and people in their generation grew up playing a game like Scrabble or Scrabble itself, the same way I did. And that legacy bit is important to me. So they didn't nail it exactly, but as there have been a handful of rule changes, but for the most part, this game has stayed intact this whole time, and it's still popular to the degree right. that a game like this is popular. It still passes the the Target test yeah. or the Walmart test. You can go down to your local big box retailer and find a copy of Scrabble. Yeah, still yeah. Buy it. So for the people who like a game like Scrabble, it still offers exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's a, I mean. Put that one in the pro column, I'd say, right? Because there's yeah, some of, some games where you're like, oh man, I'm looking for X or Y, and you're like, this game looks like it's going to have that, and depending on when it was made and uh, whatever, it, it doesn't actually, right? Just because of the direction that the industry has taken uh, in the last, you know, 20, 30, even 15 years uh, is so has gotten people's expectations to a different place than they once were back when we were, you know, 10 and learning Scrabble or whatever age, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, so let's uh, let's have Garrett's uh, initial reaction here. So um, if you if it helps you, uh, you guys can write it down or whatever. I can send it to you. Um, yeah. But now is the fun part. So the ranking as it stands, and I want to do want to read it for the listeners here. So our first game number one is Catan. Uh, that then number two is Chess. Then Risk. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I then... mean, of, of the games on the list so far. I had a good time with Catan, and I respect chess. I probably would have put chess above Catan. Ooh, so would it, so would have Waterman. He was trying to argue for it really hard in that episode. <laughs> Risk yeah, yeah. at number three is def- is maybe questionable, but Ooh, we'll see. spicy. All right, all right. <laughs> so then Checkers is number four, uh, which is similar to chess. And that one, honestly, when we talked about chess and checkers against each other, um, I'm... Uh, I mean, I like chess a lot, but uh, checkers and chess seemed like spiritual siblings in a lot of ways. And that was interesting to sort of dissect those two as perfect information games and stuff. Um, Anyway, so then number five is Guess Who, uh, which many people have said they don't agree with, which is hilarious. Oh, really? Um, I think Guess Who's a good time. Ooh, good. All right. (laughs) But it seems like fun. Yeah. Uh, So then Kerplunk is next at number six. Battleship, number seven. That's our most recent one. Then we have Monopoly at number eight. 
star checkers or Chinese checkers at number nine. And then uh, the worst one of the ones we've covered so far, number 10, Trivial Pursuit. I was definitely expecting Monopoly to be at the bottom. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Who who was it that was fighting to have Monopoly towards the middle? Yeah, that was Mitch. He was like, oh, I would put Monopoly way higher. I think that was, I'm pretty sure it was him. Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Monopoly and Risk are games I will never touch again. Ah, touche. Yeah, so Risk got, earned a lot of style, not style points. It earned a lot of um, nostalgia points for me because it is my Catan uh, growing up. Yeah, so that's that that pushed it a, probably higher than it normally would have gone um, for yeah, for that reason. Yeah, but yeah, so um, I guess where do we want to start? Um, we could start at the so last time we started kind of in the middle and then went up or down. This time, I don't know. I don't really have a specific spot I'm feeling um, based on what we've said. I f- like. Let me ask you guys this. Maybe this can kind of get us started here. Um, would you sit down and play this game today? Uh, or would you try and play something different? Kind of depends on what the different thing is. Given the choice between playing Scrabble and another random board game that I have, which I don't have many of, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's this, Trivial Pursuit. Uh, what is that game called? Uh, I have Coup, and I have a few mm-hmm. others. Okay. Um, just a random board game that I had, I'd pick Scrabble. Scrabble's a good time. Ooh, okay. Garrett, how about you? Oh, I would definitely choose most other games that I either own or know how to play over Scrabble. You would have to be like forcing me to pick between Scrabble and Monopoly. <laughs> For you to go Scrabble? Totally. Like, yeah, see, I'm I think more lean I'm not exactly there, but I'm leaning more towards that uh, as opposed to like, yeah, let me play it, you know. Yeah. I think I just had some negative games of it recently and it's just like it's a game that it seems like it needs a lot of investment to be to really unlock its most potential and if i'm going to invest that much in a game i have a lot of other games with a lot of depth that can offer me a lot more totally just looking at seven letters and (laughs) (laughs) now would you play scrubble Totally. At least I would, right? Like I'd play that in a heartbeat, no doubt, right? Because that's always a good time. That's uh, yeah, that's we're... a that's a novelty factor. I'd play that <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, see I, see I what would, the deal is, right? For sure. And there's there's a chance, and like like we've always say, like there's not really a rule or a rhyme or a reason that we're gonna like a script that we're gonna follow at this part. It's just gonna be what we're feeling. So I mean, you know, like guess who provides a subjective guess who experience, like what we mentioned in that episode, this episode. And, you know, you can't play Scrabble unless you have the Scrabble game. And you can't, like, if you play Scrabble once and you're like, oh, man, let's let's try this other thing. And then, like, you could introduce that and the, the group might find that, like, hella enjoyable. You know what I mean? So let's start let's start uh, at Trivial Pursuit and let's see how high we'll let it climb. That feels good because I feel like none of, I don't think we're going to be able to argue for it to go above Catan or Chess. Like, no way. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, so let's start, let's start at 10 and see uh, how far it can go. So... Trivial Pursuit. Not like Trivial Pursuit. So yeah, I I like Trivial Pursuit a lot, which is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it's at the bottom. I know. <laughs> yeah. So every time we have to make a game past Trivial Pursuit, I die a little on the inside. Yeah. I actually do have very fond memories of Trivial Pursuit. The reason why it's on the bottom is that it is not mechanically a very good game. It is barely a game. Right. So, I guess that's fair, but yeah. still, like, I would 
I have more fun playing Trivial Pursuit than I do playing um, Monopoly. I, I've had more fun playing Trivial Pursuit than I've had playing Scrabble. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's interesting indeed. Yeah, so like one of the things that we look at sometimes too with this is the like game design and the mechanics of the game. And like if, like like when we're looking at them side by side, it's like, well, this one has is better mechanically, but this one is better like social, like magic circle wise or whatever, you know, this one's better in terms of like strategic depth, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so I think the main thing that keeps Trivial Pursuit low is that uh, more often than not, people who are playing it uh, at least us and like on average people we know who are, if we play Triple Pursuit, we never actually finish playing the game. It just becomes a different thing. We don't actually get to like play it from start to finish and like have the full game experience. It's like, we'll start it. And then over time, like, you know, nobody's either answered any questions right or like people only have like two pie slices and it's been an hour and a half. And it's like, oh my God, this, let's just read some questions and have fun and not worry about rolling dice and stuff. Cause I've gotten 10 sports questions in a row and like, I don't know anything, you know what I mean? Oh, I um, and, my and, family, whenever they played it, were always very competitive about it. And we're trying to make teams of like the correct age demographics to try to answer questions. Well, so whoa, that's cool. Hardcore. That is hardcore. Damn. I love that a little bit. <laughs> it's only been a few times that like everyone's been together to play it. So mm. maybe I just have limited experience of it. And so it seems like more of a fun time than actually playing it much. I definitely think Scrabble is better. I was just more surprised Trivial Pursuit was at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better too. Um, I, this, this game is similar. So decoy, you've mentioned before that you have sort of a educational, uh, like, or at least in the past, anyway, you've had like an educational search or this game provides me with something educationally, uh, like vibe kind of with your board game experience, at least in the, in the past. Yes. Um, and these two games kind of have a similar thing, although I guess with Trivial Pursuit, maybe you're learning new facts and like trivia and, and Scrabble, you kind of have to already know the words, but there is a sense of like, oh, you know, I'm 11 and I saw my parent play, you know, I don't know, some word that I didn't know before. And then there's a moment to be like, here's this word and here's what it means. And you can like learn a new thing. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, these two things, uh, these two games have that in common and there's not many games on this list that are that way. I think uh, Waterman would probably argue that chess teaches you quite a bit because he teaches chess as a job. Um, but the others, you know, I mean, Monopoly, I guess. And so if we do let it go past your pursuit, we can kind of keep going with this idea. Uh, Monopoly teaches you about like paying rent and shit, which, you know, I mean, I guess that's something. I don't know. That kind of sucks, though. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and as I said before, there's actually even better games about purchasing property. Yeah. Than, than oh, 100 percent. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so for, for what it does, like, no, it's not not very good at what it does. There are so, wildly better critiques of capitalism. That you yeah. Can find. Yeah. yeah. Touche. Let's see if it passes Chinese checkers. Um, Trent, uh, Garrett, do you know uh, anything about this one? Yeah, it was like I've stayed at places that had a, like Chinese checkers before, and I think I've tried to play it once or twice. It didn't. Yeah. It never particularly grabbed me mechanically. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So it sounds like so I'm I'm and Decoy mentioned this on the bad episode too. I don't. I think I might be alone in the sort of positive vibe nostalgia of uh, that game in particular and i don't love it enough uh to fight for it uh over scrabble because i've played scrabble more times i think and more recently i'm also an english teacher and like words are cool so like you know what i mean like i i think i'd if i was going to sit down and play this versus chinese checkers i would play scrabble uh 
probably every time, despite the fact that I do have a soft place in my heart for that game. Yep. Uh, fully yeah. agree here. I, yes. <laughs> I, I regret every, every time I, I hear this, uh, I hear this listing. I always think to myself, why is it Chinese checkers at the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. Why did we let it go above? I How know. did I let that happen? I was on that episode. <laughs> Cause I, I love it so episodes. much. I know. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. Cause it's just well, so water under the bridge. Yeah. Maybe we can hey, fix maybe, it later. Yeah. I was about or, to say maybe one day we'll have like a, a re-rank just like segment just to like organize things a little better or something. Um, so let's see if it goes past Monopoly. Um, uh, for me, I don't even need to talk about it. It does for sure. Uh, how about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much I, there too. I, I, I don't... have no love for Monopoly. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like it either. Um, Monopoly is sort of a weird game um, in terms of like design-wise. I think there's more designed into it. Like Scrabble is a lot simpler, uh, even though I mean Monopoly is pretty simple. You roll a die, you move around the board. But like Monopoly does have a little bit more of a flavor i think of what the new board games are doing uh because scrabble is like tiles on the board game like that's it but monopoly has like a pawn and like positions on boards and stuff now granted it's all randoms and like it does suck but like we had a conversation about um if we were teaching games to aliens and strangers uh a couple weeks ago um and monopoly might be a better intro game if you're trying to get people to play heavier stuff like wingspan or, you know, wonderland war or root or whatever it is that, uh, is that you're hot on, you know, it might be a little bit better if someone's never seen a board game before for them to play monopoly first. Cause then they'll be like, Oh, there's a board and I'm on the board and I move around it. And there's space that I take up and stuff. And Scrabble's just like, Hey, how's your vocab is if we're going to compare them in terms of like what it is as a game. I mean, I don't know that I'd pick, a word-based game to teach a stranger or an alien but i definitely don't know that i would pick a game that makes people miserable playing it as yeah have <laughs> you had to pick those two so, like, so the answer is neither you, you yeah, pick neither. something else let's just if, do something else <laughs> if you show an alien race monopoly they're never going to come back yeah that might be true that <laughs> touche garrett touche all right, so Battleship is next. Um, this is, if I'm being honest, the first time that I'm running up against any sort of uh, abrasion with uh, it not passing it easily. Um, Chinese Checkers, for me, has the nostalgia factor, but I still think Scrabble's a better game. Battleship, I'm not so sure. Um, it has nostalgia for me and also does have some better game like design mechanics, in my opinion, than the other three have. How do you guys feel about Battleship? Is there anything that you feel one way or the other? Do you feel strongly already? Um, I definitely have had more fun with Battleship. I guess it de also depends when we're talking about this, who who you're playing these games with. So mm -hmm. if you're thinking about playing these games with the best possible groups that you could be playing these games with, mm -hmm. who am I playing Battleship with? I'm, this is, uh, I think we brought this up before. There are some games that are great if you are playing with kids or uh, younger people in your family. Right. And Battleship would be one of those. That'd be that'd be pretty fun to play with uh, people who'd never played Battleship before, younger people. Yeah, and if you play the Salvo version, yeah, and if you play right? Salvo is even better. Right, right, right. Uh, shout out Salvo. I know, right? Uh, still haven't gotten a chance to play it. We're, we're, oh, we're going to get on that uh, <laughs> soon. Um, so, in that context, Battleship is great. In pretty much every other context, I want to be playing Scrabble. I think. Oh, that's interesting. I think. Like to make a mechanical case for it, um, like 
high level Scrabble definitely has a lot more going on than high level Battleship does because Battleship does fit into that like more good time with your friends type of setting yeah. than like I, I feel like Scrabble has more of a drier feel to it and a much right. more like we're playing a board game and that is what we are doing. Yeah, Battleship sometimes feels I don't know like Battleship and Kerplunk both kind of have a little and I guess guess who actually too all kind of feel like they're designed for younger audiences and also sort of toy like and we've had a sort of like a, is it a toy is it a board game comparison in the past um scrabble has a board and like has board game mechanics built into it and battleship is not a board it's like a plastic toy that you can kind of carry around you know what i mean um so yeah, yeah they are kind of pretty different in that way scrabble also has almost a whole point on it in terms of its uh rank uh, rating right it's weight rating um so yeah and like you said like there's currently scrabble tournaments and people playing you know competitively and stuff and i mean unless it's salvo i don't think competitive battleship is something that i would ever be interested in pursuing um whereas scrabble i would find it interesting to like look up some like i'd watch a scrabble a scrabble game competitive like televised you know like i think that'd be fun just to see what that's like a battleship one i'd be like ugh, like i'll do something else you know yeah that that also goes along with replayability so right if, if you've seen one battleship tournament have you kind of seen all the battleship tournaments maybe probably probably yeah probably yeah. <laughs> if you've seen like one scrabble tournament are you going to be watching another scrabble tournament i don't know if the answer to that is yes but it's closer to yes than battleship it's that, definitely closer to yes i think it's closer to yes yeah all right so i think that's enough for me anyway it sounds like for you guys it's leaning that way too it's worth yeah. going going further yeah now uh, so if that's the case yeah now it gets tricky because now it's Ker- here comes kerplunk uh episode two of the show um, and it's surviving right in the middle right now. Um, I don't the, think I've ever played Kerplunk. Oh, okay. That's tough. Because the Kerplunk for me has a huge nostalgia uh, ranking for sure. It also is, um, and this is something that we argued for it uh, when we argued for Battleship and Kerplunk last week. Kerplunk has a very good uh, speed setup time and get and takedown time and sort of introduction to an evening of board games. Uh, it's probably, besides maybe Guess Who, I would say, on the list we've covered so far, the best let's play something and kind of get, you know, the get board game kind of mindset and board game stuff in the air of a social setting. It does that, I think, the best of any of the games on the list, except maybe Guess Who. Um, and it's quick and it's like, you can set it up. It's fun. It's got an easy, like you can, you don't even have to read the rules to teach it. If you've never even played it, you can be like, Oh, this like, you already know how to play just by looking at it. It's so simple. And it's like five minutes and it's got a like big sound and stuff. Like it's got such a good appeal, at least for me. Um, and it's way more interesting for me than Scrabble is. I'd have to hear y'all argue hard for Scrabble. I think personally, Hmm. Yeah. Challenge and, accepted. Man. And, and Garrett, yeah, just to give you an idea of Kerplunk, if you haven't started looking it up already. Yeah, uh, I've, I've yeah. seen some pictures, and I, like, I do understand basically everything about the game. Just yeah, yeah. You, you can look at a picture of it and be like, oh, that's what you do. Yeah, you yeah. just, you know, you, you, you want to have less marbles. It's like whoever has the most marbles loses, everybody else wins. Yeah. Uh, I argue, like, I agree with Decoy here. I think, like, I think the uh, argument for Scrabble is similar to the argument for Battleship in that, like, there's just a lot of depth to Scrabble. 
but I don't know. I think I come to games looking more for depth. So maybe that's just Oh, me. okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, no, I do too now for sure. Like, and this part of this is also today, 2022 in the current board, board game world, is this worth going back into your closet and pulling out or not? And I would say yes, but because it's not going to require that much of you is part of that, right? Like playing Monopoly would take two hours and I would say no to that question. If I was, if somebody asked me, should I play Monopoly? Like, you know, board games, I'd be like, hell no, play something else, right? Kerplunk though, if you have it and you don't have to buy it and you've got like 10 minutes, you could play it. You know what I mean? Like, so I think in that way, it's definitely worth playing now, whether or not you actually want to. And if it deserves to be where it is and stuff is a totally different thing probably, but it does have that at least. Yeah. We're, we're getting into really tricky territory here comparing I know. games that, that do different things. So mm-hmm. if you're doing an icebreaker game, Ker- Kerplunk seems pretty good. Like you yep. play Kerplunk first while you're waiting for everybody else to get to the party yep. and like, people are, are doing other things and mm-hmm. you need to, you need to fill up 15 minutes. And, and you can make it into like a drinking TV. game or you can make yes. it into like, you can do a lot with it. Guess who's only two players. You can't, I mean, I guess you could do subjective guess who and have teams, but like, yeah, that that's more so, of a, yeah. After, after after you get back from the bar, let's play this because I haven't played this in 15 years. Right. Or right. yeah, you, you you don't really set up your your board game night for those two games. Those are mm-hmm, fun right. one off, two off things to kill time. And right. they're very both of them are very good at that. Mm-hmm. But they're not your main game. You're not right. yeah, you're not no going way. to a, a guess who board game night. <laughs> let's yeah, so, let's have Kerplunk night. <laughs> I think I put more weight on like a main event game than I would on a like precursor game, unless that game is really, really good. Yeah. So, and uh, I, I think yeah, I, yeah. I will, uh, I will say that those two games are pretty good, but I also think Scrabble is pretty good. Scrabble is the yeah. best example of what that type of game is. Uh, the, the main event game you mean, or the, of starter? just uh, a, a word game that you can play mm-hmm. on a board. That's a board game. Yeah, and I feel like too, like if you, to kind of speak on your point, decoy there a little bit. If you were looking for a board game starter game, and you only had two of the four people, or three even of the four people, and you wanted to wait to do like the teach and stuff or whatever you're doing until he or she or whoever it is is arriving, Scrabble you could do that too, and then you could just not finish it, right? And you could just be like, hey, like let's you know let's play Scrabble real quick, let's work on whatever it is, and like you could. I guess really that's true with any game, but Scramble does sort of have like a nice appeal as opposed to something like, I don't know, Chinese checkers, you got the marbles, Trivial Pursuit, people are just going to be like, oh, probably unless they like it. Um, but if they're indifferent, Scramble does, can do that too. You might not be able to finish it maybe, but. And also well, very, very minor bonus fraction, fractional bonus points for being some sort of educational game. So yeah. This yeah. does lend itself. If, if you're, if you're using this list, as a what game should i pick up what, what game should i go to store and buy right now mm-hmm. yeah chess is a good one yeah Catan, uh maybe not but maybe it used to be. <laughs> uh what else do we got we have risk we have checkers risk those. risk at a certain point in time that might have been the game to pick up uh checkers is also a pretty good game to have especially if you get into like a five and one pack scrabble is right. also pretty good Scrabble is a good game to have around. If, yeah, uh, if you Kerplunk, play not so much in that way. That is fair. Yeah, although to be to to contradict that point you just made about education, Kerplunk does teach you about gravity. Come on. <laughs> 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 and 
in case you haven't figured it out by whatever point yeah all right so let's talk about guess who then i'll i think it should go above kerplunk based on what y'all have said so let's talk about guess who and it, it sounds or it feels like to me that we're getting close to its ceiling um do you i mean guess who and kerplunk are kind of so yeah, similar think- that it almost makes sense to kind of let it keep going but guess who does provide a way more uh, interesting subjective alternative if you want to that we've covered as well as uh like you can die you can't like deep dive and sink your teeth into like i don't think there's competitive guess who like there is scrabble it doesn't have that but it does have a similar ability to translate it to a lot of different like it's got a good variety uh situation possibility type thing going on for it i definitely think that um the arguments are pretty similar and i wouldn't mind it just going straight up to above guess who and seeing how it does against checkers just Mm. because of that lack of depth and i think that like you are getting to a more main event game as soon as you get into checkers yeah that's fair yeah i'm i'm gonna go with the some similar thoughts if you're putting it above what did we just put it above kerplunk Kerplunk, putting it above kerplunk we should probably put it above guess who as well man all right let's look at this bad boy climb all right checkers it is no, so now, listeners, just so you know, we're in the top five now. So it, at the very least, we'll be fifth. Uh, Checkers is four, and then Risk three, Chess two, and Catan number one. Um, I don't know where to start with Checkers. I like Checkers better than Scrabble, um, if I'm going to be honest with you guys off the top. Um, it is, yeah. It is certainly more accessible. It's certainly easier to learn. It certainly mm-hmm. has maybe a surprising amount of strategic depth. Right. It's got more legacy too. I mean, checkers yeah. is like 1000, 1100. So, yeah, I have no issues with it not going above checkers if both of you really like checkers. I don't have much love for checkers, but like I also have just barely played checkers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I feel you. We have we had a whole we have whole checkers episode and our our conclusion with that game was that it is if you haven't played checkers in a long time, you should you should, you should try yeah. and see how 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 the game plays and how it's different from what you remember it playing like when you were a kid. Yeah. And it's 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 not chess, but it's shockingly better than you you'd expect it to be. Yeah, my memories of it before I revisited it were like, oh yeah, checkers, like it's a simpleton type thing, right? And that might honestly be one thing for against checkers if we were gonna talk about Scrabble going above it, uh, is that I feel like not not maybe a stigma is not the right word, but I feel like checkers is like the stupid dude's chess or something. You know what I mean? There, there's some yeah. sort of like, oh, chess and checkers. Like I play chess, so I'm smart, and I play checkers, so I'm dumb. For some reason, like when I was growing up, that seemed to be the thing with those two games. I was like, oh, I like checkers. And it's like, oh, you must not be smart enough for chess then, you do do head or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that's not obviously not the case, right? Because checkers does have a lot of good things going for it. Um. Yeah, so I don't know, like, if in terms of tabling a game, that's also what we want to try and do uh, with this, too. Like, I think Scrabble might be easier to get to the table. People might be like, Checkers, that's so, like, childish. I want to play something that's deep and whatever, like Garrett was saying before, right? Like, I'm here for kind of the the heavier stuff. Um, And if they haven't visited it lately, they might not know that Checkers has that. I think Checkers has a broader appeal than scrabble but i think that the people who like scrabble like scrabble a lot more 
than the people who like checkers. Ah, that's fair. That's totally fair, I think. Yeah, that's fair. They both have competitive scenes. Yeah, Garrett, if you're not feeling super hard about checkers, uh, like against checkers, I guess, and for Scrabble to keep going, I think we've met its spot, which I'm totally good with. I feel like Scrabble's kind of the bouncer now, maybe, to like the main event, which is what you guys were saying, which I kind of like, actually, because would I play Guess Who as a main event type game out of like board game group i don't think so checkers i think i would and scrabble i might not want to but if that was what everyone wanted to play i'd be like all right you know i like it enough to do it kind of deal yeah if if i had to who are the last five i'm randomly thinking up situations here in my head if if uh if i was to ask the last five people who visited my apartment that didn't live here would they rather play checkers or scrabble yeah to see if it would go up yeah i think it's as good at fifth while you're thinking about that yeah now i'm curious also that like the last time i played scrabble i think it was with my wife it was fun we were on vacation we took it with us it was kind of good um we took that in like one other game i don't think we even played the other we didn't play that many but it was sort of like the casual version not the like you know hyper competitive challenging words which i've never really played anyway yeah I think four out of the five last people that have visited me would say they wanted to play checkers. And over that might Scrabble. have something, yeah. yeah, over Scrabble. That might have something to do with playing with me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've had people say, I don't want to play Scrabble with you because you're just going to win. And that's not very happy. Yeah. Uh, but they, everybody hasn't played checkers in a long time. And you feel like maybe the, maybe the, the tables are a little bit more even there because. Right. It's a simpler game, quote unquote, easy to mm-hmm. play, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And when you bounce that asset checkers and they're like, wait, holy crap. And like, you can maybe play it a second time and really like itch that uh, strategy nerve that they maybe didn't know that you're about to itch, you know? Yeah. Or, or maybe yeah. they just beat me. A lot. <laughs> like or my, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my, like my roommate, I, I could pull out anything. We're playing checkers. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting pummeled. Yep. No doubt about it. Gary, how you feeling? You feeling like five's a good spot for it? Yeah, I think that the absolute highest that it could have gone was just under chess, and I have no issues with it staying just under checkers and being like just between that and the like more fun like starter. I don't I don't necessarily know how to categorize Kerplunk, Guess Who, and Battleship, right? But, like it does seem to be at like a threshold and. I'm fine with getting Scrabbles to that threshold and then letting it stay there. Because it's definitely been a game that has always existed mm-hmm. and that I've played a few times, but that has never been one that was interesting enough for me to really dig into too much. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, question for you guys really quick, just as we kind of wrap things up here. Um, so Scrabble 2.08, um, I'm curious how much... Uh, like distinction or how much weight for lack of a better term you would put a tenth of a point uh in the bgg weight uh category category because for example um decoy and i have been playing dominion and decoy is a big dominion fan um garrett have you played dominion at all or much before yeah, yeah i've played dominion a couple okay times. So, so dominion's one that's coming up soon um hopefully next week or the week after that game's weight is 2.35 so it's only like 0.2 more complex than scrabble uh, and that's something that just baffles the hell out of me personally. As a new person coming to Dominion, I feel like Dominion's way more complicated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. 
I, I don't yeah. remember if I if I said this or if you brought this up before, but yeah, that's shockingly low for Dominion. Yeah, I feel like Dominion is really really complicated. I know, right? Like the you just, I mean, the first time that I played and y'all taught me, I looked at that and I was like, I I I once I started to internalize the mechanics of it and stuff, and we'll get into that when we get to that episode clearly. But man, like. I feel like weight for me, it's, it's a subjective thing, right? But um, it's one of those things where like once I uh, understand a game enough to start thinking like how should I play this in order to try and win is part of the weight discussion for me. In Dominion, I don't think that I'm going to be there for many, 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 many games. Uh, and if you've never played Dominion or Scrabble, you now know how to play Scrabble and, and be successful potentially just from listening to this, right? Like it's not that tough to start to figure out as long as your vocab's good and as long as you manage the tiles and uh, where you're placing like what letters on what tiles that are bonuses and stuff, like that's a pretty good strategy to pretty much win, um, you know, to, unless you're playing against some like crazy Scrabble head, right? <laughs> but I don't think that's true for this one, man. Like I'm going to need like, I mean, Deco, you said you've played what, like 10,000 games or something. Like I'm going to need a hundreds before I'm feel confident to be able to take on somebody who understands the game that well. So that, cause I don't even like, I can't look at a card and be like, I'm going to add these three cards together and that's going to be a good synergy. Like, Oh my God, <laughs> no for way. Having, for having played as many games of dominion as I've played, it's shocking the amount of times I still just miss stuff. I look yeah. at a board and I say, there's two and a half good strategies here. I'm gonna pick this one because that one will get online faster. And then someone buys something that I don't understand why they bought it. Right. And then they buy something else, and I'm like, oh, I sort of see. Oh, a plan here. now I know what they're doing. Yeah. And oh my god, that that's way faster than what I was trying to do. Oh And shit. I lost. And <laughs> I should have been able to see this, but even if you have tons of experience and you've seen combinations over and over again, you still miss stuff. Mm-hmm. There, there's still more combinations. the The deck of the deck of kingdoms you can draw is just so unmanageably huge that you'll never yeah. be able to memorize yeah. everything. I'm excited to play Dominion again. I keep coming back to that game. Uh, Gary, have you played it a bunch? You said you'd mentioned it, or you played it before, uh, right? Yeah, I've played it online a couple times enough to like. I don't think I ever played any of the expansions or okay. anything like that. So I've only played the base game, and it definitely seemed interesting, but yeah. I never really got too into it is there is it like a deck building thing for you that's that's um, rubbing you or is it just something i've had a good time with deck builders before okay Um, cool but i honestly i think it just seemed kind of um i like the theming was not really enticing enough for me to really Ah. get into a medieval deck builder yeah yeah and that's something we haven't covered uh really yet because the i mean i think the only games the only game that has theming that we've covered so far is maybe Battleship, uh, Catan, Risk. and Risk. Yeah, those kind of are the only ones that seem to have any kind of like art design or like theming built into them. Um, and that's something that's going to give Dominion a hell of a lot of points, and potentially in the positive direction, unless you're oh, I, not into I, medieval, I like you just said, and then it's like, oh, actually, no. Say again? Dominion could easily go at the top of this list. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna, because I love it, and Decoy loves it, and uh, there's a pretty good chance that JC, who um, also wants to be on that one, I'm sure he loves it, too. Uh, it's gonna be... It's, I don't love it? that game. I hate that game. <laughs> I just can't stop playing it. That counts oh, for something, I see, I see. right? Yeah, that counts for something. Yeah, I hate that, it, and that, I can't not play it. Yeah, that's, that, that's that game drives me crazy. Hey, 
Thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet. Music by Pixabay.com. Thank you.